Do you remember this incident from a few years ago? It was 2019, I think. A 19-year-old security research student managed to access the digital car keys of more than 25 Teslas around the world. He opened the car's windows, unlocked the doors, and even disabled the car's security mode. Scary stuff, right? The idea behind the attack was to highlight the growing concerns about safety and security as the world moves towards electric vehicles. Modern EVs function through technologies that create massive amounts of data. A simple example of this is the software that helps these EVs regulate their batteries. It helps the driver to look for charging stations and control the power flow. EVs also receive updates through the cloud to automatically improve the operation and performance of the vehicle. Now, this is of course a global concern. Cybersecurity related incidents in the automotive industry rose by 225% between 2018 and 2021. And it is only expected to get worse as more and more people connect to the EV grid. So, what is the situation like in India? EV penetration in India is as low as 1% across all kinds of EVs right now. Naturally, the number of EV related cyber attacks are not high enough to ring any alarm bells yet because it can get out of control. Even Union Transport Minister Nitin Gadkari acknowledged this fact in the parliament this year. So, is there any kind of a safeguard EV users have in India? Welcome to Daybreak, a business podcast from the Ken. I'm your host Nigdha Sharma and I don't chase the news cycle. Instead, thrice a week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, I will come to you with one business story that is worth understanding and worth your time. Today is Friday, the 1st of September. begin with an incident that occurred in April last year. In a series of posts on Twitter, Balwan Singh, a man from Guwahati, said that his son had met with an accident a few weeks earlier. The son had recently bought an Ola electric scooter and Singh blamed the scooter for the accident. He wrote about it in detail. He said that his son was driving the scooter and when a speed breaker came on the way, he tried to slow down, but instead the scooter accelerated. and that is how he crashed the tweet also had a bunch of photos that showed how bad the injuries were he had to go through multiple surgeries so how did ola electric respond to this whole thing he said that they took the scooter away but they did not tell him much else a few days later singh went on to twitter again and he demanded ola electric to share what they had found in their internal investigation He even asked for all the data logs which were recorded by all the telemetry in Ola Electric scooter. Almost a week later, Ola Electric finally responded, and their response was far from what you'd expect. Let me read out a small portion of it for you. We did a thorough investigation of the accident and the data clearly shows that the rider was overspeeding throughout the night and that he braked in panic thereby losing control of the vehicle. There is nothing wrong with the vehicle 
Our operating system tracks various vehicle sensor data, which we receive real-time in our cloud. The below graph shows speed data for this incident for a 30-minute duration till the accident time. I'm sorry, I cannot show you the graph, but you get the point. Okay, so now, if Ola had real proof of this, fair enough, they shared the report with Singh, just like he'd asked for, right? Except they shared it with the whole wide world, not just Singh. It was released in public. And the problem with this move, like my colleague Praveen noted in his newsletter, The Nut Graph, was this. Ola could have been like, hey, we looked at the data and we did not find a problem. It could have ended there. Instead, they got into a room with a bunch of content writers, lawyers and a visual designer to publicly make the case in RGB color that their customer was an irresponsible maniac. The statement obviously raised questions about data collection, privacy, hypermode and even Ola Electric's data visualization decisions. Coming up next, let us try and get a better sense of how EVs are susceptible to cyber attacks. My colleague Nathan Nade spoke to Ashish Ulas, a cybersecurity research fellow at Cloud Security. And he told him that it is only natural. Because, in his own words, EVs are bound to be more data-driven than today's transport because they have a more complex system the battery monitoring system or BMS operating it. What Ulas was basically saying was that your EV is not just a vehicle. It is a computer on wheels and like all computers, its life force is data. Data that can be collected, sometimes without your awareness, and it can be exploited. He explained it to us with a great example. Imagine a dartboard. The dots are cyber attacks. The size of an attack surface is directly dependent on two factors, connectivity and data linkages. So the more connectivity and linkages your EV has, the bigger the size of the dartboard, which means the greater the chance of a hit or a cyber attack. So now comes the big question. What are the systems in place to protect us against this? Stay tuned to find out. The answer, at least partially for now, lies in the Digital Personal Data Protection Act of 2023 or the DPDP Act. It may not be perfect right now, but at least it has some features in place that offer us protection. The Act changes important things in the dynamic between the EV and its users. Under Section 13, the data principal, which is the EV user, has the right to approach the Data Protection Board. If they're not satisfied, then they can approach the Telecom Dispute Settlement and Appellate Tribunal. And depending on the nature, type and extent of the data breach, companies or data fiduciaries can be fined as much as 250 crore rupees. But if the complaint is found to be false or frivolous, the data principal or the individual user can also be fined as much as 10,000 rupees. Nathan spoke to Pratik Wagere, the Policy Director at Internet Freedom Foundation, who told us how before the DPDP Act, there was no clear framework for resolving such grievances. But Amin Johar, who works with Vidhi Center for Legal Policy, pointed us to something that we should remember about this Act. He said that even though the Act is in effect right now, institutions like the Data Protection Board are yet to be created. Plus, rules under the law, which will actually make it effective, need to be framed. The whole process is expected to be complete in the next year or year and a half. Meanwhile, 
companies like Ola Electric can appoint data protection officers and get in line with this act. Daybreak is produced from the newsroom of the Ken, India's first subscriber-focused business news platform. What you're listening to is just a small sample of our subscriber-only offerings. A full subscription unlocks daily long-form feature stories, newsletters, subscriber-only apps, and podcast extras. Head to theken.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top of the website. I am Snigdha Sharma, your host, and today's episode was edited by my colleague Rajiv Sien.